Hello, and welcome to the What Moves Us podcast. I'm Natalie Reyna, a dancer and mover with a master's degree in clinical psychology. Join me as I talk with ordinary people finding extraordinary healing through different types of movement. My mission is to spread the message that tuning into our body is not only accessible, but key to our mental health and healing journeys. everybody. Welcome back to What Moves Us. Um, this is your host, Natalie, and I'm here today with Nicholas Leon, aka Nikki. So Nikki's an incredible um, and almost inhuman calisthenics athlete. He grew up in Beirut, Lebanon, and moved to Colorado when he was about 20 years old, and then he made his way out to LA in 2017. Nikki's passion for calisthenics shines and is reflected by his eight-time pro-calisthenics athlete wins. Nikki has overcome some incredible odds and uses his story to inspire those around him through his various social media platforms. Nikki is based in Los Angeles, but often travels to compete and judge in various calisthenic competitions around the world. Nikki's very humble, kind, and always willing to give love or tips to those around him who may need it. Um, so with all that being said, Nikki, yay, welcome to What Moves Us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we could make it happen. Yes, so glad that we can make it happen. Um, and so before we get started, um, I've been asking folks who are coming on, um, do you have like a practice or anything that you like to do before you start your movement or before you start something that like makes you feel a little bit anxious to kind of ground or center yourself? Um, I mean, yeah, I feel like I do. Oof, uh, I feel like in the morning, um, I have like my little routine that I do, you know, when I wake oh. up, as soon okay. as I wake up, I mean, luckily I live in California, so I wake up 90% of the time the sun's out. So right. usually I'll come downstairs, go outside and just sit in the sun. That's the first mm -hmm. thing that I do. Even if it's for two minutes, um, I'll just sit out there. Usually I like to give thanks, um, you know, just for waking up and it's something I've developed over time and I don't always feel thankful but I kind of you know what I mean like I kind of make myself try to think of all the things that I'm thankful for usually it goes waking up my body being okay hmm. my you know the, the house the resources like the roof over my head my family my career and then once I've done those things it usually takes me like a minute or two um I'll come in here have a cup of water and then I feel like I'm ready to tackle whatever comes with the day um, totally. so I don't know if that counts but yeah I think that counts <laughs> yeah it's like having a little ritual to kind of prepare yourself for your day um yeah I, I yeah I really yeah, feel ahead. like um uh, uh I you know what I mean like I live on my I do a lot of work on my phone mm -hmm. and it's really easy to get off center when you're on mm -hmm. your phone because you're literally like, yeah, you're, you're presently in your phone. You're not presently in the here and now, which is the center in my opinion. Um, so I live off center a lot when I'm in my phone and just creating and, and kind of doing my thing. So I feel like doing that in the morning and just remembering that like, bro, you're alive, like mm. your body's, you know, you have four limbs, you have water, you have a roof above your head and you have the privilege of having friends and family and a career. So that kind of, centers me where I like to be and then you know 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, I feel like that's super helpful for me to even hear because as I've started kind of creating the podcast and then I'm starting my own business online too, like taking that step to just like, remember first that you're a human and like, you can just experience things and be grateful for like, yeah, the resources around you that you have. So that's awesome. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Cool. So um, we kind of, I I mean, I kind of hinted at it in your little bio in the beginning, but can you tell me a little bit about yourself and like your background, like what growing up was like for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I grew up, I was born in Beirut in Lebanon. I was born and raised there till the age of 20 is really when I moved away. I've, you know, I had traveled in my life. Okay. Um, I had been to the United States multiple times. Um, and you know, I was kind of Americanized, you could say a little bit for someone who grew up like in a foreign country. Um, but yeah, I was born and raised there. A lot of ups and downs in life. Uh, You know, I don't know how much we want to get, you know, how much you want to know. However you feel comfortable. Yeah. However much you feel comfortable. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I had, I had an interesting time growing up. I feel like it it was kind of weird. Like my, my, I come from a broken home. When I was eight, my my parents split up. Right. Um, and that kind of sent me down a weird path for maybe a few years, like a bit over a decade. Like I was in a weird place after that mm-hmm. happened. Had some problem, you know, like I was kind of an angry kid. I was a little bit hurt. I didn't know how to right. deal with my emotions. Might have had some problems with drugs, sure. um, you know, and... But I always felt like I wanted to leave Lebanon because I always felt like I wanted to do something bigger with myself than the place where I was from. Mm. Um, and that's not to, you know, like I love I love my country, um, even though it has its fair share of problems. Like sure. it's a third world country with a lot of, of issues, you know, politically and so so on. Um, but I always felt like I wanted to leave because I never fe- felt like I fit the mold of what Mm. success looks like over there Mm. because over there usually success means you listen to what people tell you you go to school you go to university if you get like you're a lawyer or a doctor or whatever like you're successful um and i always just found um pleasure in different things like i i really you know i wanted to be my first love was skateboarding i wanted to be a skateboarder for the longest time i was very committed Mm. um but it just it didn't seem like I was going to amount to nothing with that uh, over mm-hmm. there just because there's really, I mean, dude, it's, it's really a third world country. So like, right. there is no resources, you know, like yeah. here in America, there's a skate park in every neighborhood. Right. Um, Over there, we didn't have any of that. And my parents, like, as much as I love both my parents, like they didn't really see, you know what I mean? Like their, their scope of reality is based on their reality and they never sure. in their life thought oh my son could be successful if he didn't do this or if he did that and right. you get what I'm saying totally like um, if you went on a different path like success exactly. isn't possible unless you do this thing exactly like- <laughs> exactly and that was kind of the the plight of of my life was like mm. I just didn't I didn't want to do that I wanted to right. do my thing like I wanted to to either skate or I don't know like just just do something that I loved you know, right. and I didn't love um, going to school. I had a lot of, pro- you know, trouble with school. Right. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, I went through some tough times. I got into drugs when I was like 16. I got heavy mm-hmm. into drugs, 16, 17, 18. I went okay. to rehab when I was 19. Okay. Um, you know, rehab and in Lebanon. 
Yes, in Lebanon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I went I went to rehab. I kind of, you know, realized when I was 19, like, okay, like you can't keep just getting fucked up. Excuse me. Can mm. I can yeah, I speak to yeah, you, Bill? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just I feel like after I realized, like, okay, I'm not gonna be a skater, and all the pressure on me was like, you need to do this with your life. Um I was like, no, I'm not gonna do that. And I just fell down a path of drugs and you know, to make a long story short, it was because I was hurt. Right. I was just hurt by my home family situation, my parents splitting up. Like right. my mom raised me as a single mom for like three or four years. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard for me to see my mom kind of struggle. I feel like it's just tough. You know what I mean? Like it's tough to to see your mom struggle. Um, yeah. And so it it hurt a little bit. I was hurt. I didn't know who I wanted to hurt. I was trying to hurt my parents really mm. at the root of it. I was like, I'm hurt and I want to just let you guys feel what I'm feeling. Right. And the only way I knew how to do that was to hurt myself. Right. Um. So, you know, I, that, that was the whole drug phase is like, mm. I just overindulged in drugs because I just didn't want to, I didn't feel comfortable with myself. Uh, it was, you know, it was a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. Um, eventually I got into some trouble. I got clean, like, like it kind of prompted me, prompted me to get clean. My parents were there for me, you know, regardless of everything that I right. did. Like, I'm, you know, I, it's weird trying to explain to people in my life because it's like I grew up in a third world country, broken home, like these difficult obstacles. But also on the other side, like I had both my parents. They mm. both love me very much. And they right. I never needed anything like I never went hungry I never didn't have a roof over my head like a lot of people who live in my country do you know what I mean they go through that stuff I didn't go through that like luckily my parents just took care of me and were as good of parents as they could be to me right um you know so yeah went through all of that totally Um, yeah went through all of that um got clean but was lost. Like after I got clean off of drugs and I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like why? I don't want to hurt my parents. I don't want to hurt myself. I need to get clean. Um, so I did, but I was still deep, deeply rooted just in, in that, you know, like, mm. yeah, I stopped using hard drugs, but I still was around it. I would, you know, sell drugs. Like I was still getting into trouble basically. Right. right. Um, and that's how I eventually moved to America was honestly, I felt like I was going to get into real trouble in Lebanon. Everything okay. I was doing was just not good for me. All the friends that I had were, it was all mixed with the drugs and the just getting in trouble shit. So I was like, I have to get away from that. Right. Um, right, right. And that's how I ended up coming to America. I had a friend who was going to school in Colorado wow. and I hit him up and I was like, bro, like I need to leave. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, come stay at my house. And so, yeah, at that time, I wasn't on very good terms um, still with, like, my dad. Um, My mom, I was good with my mom. And I was just like, yo, like, I'm leaving. And I left. Wow. Um, Oh, my gosh. I'm just like, how did you find the courage to, like, do that? Like, that's such a huge, like, leap to take from, like, the the point that you were in. Like, what what was the thing that made you be like, okay, I got to, I got to go now. Like, I just, I always felt like I had to leave. Like I always felt like it wasn't, I couldn't be the real me there. Mm. Like there was no, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, I feel like reality is almost shaped by your beliefs. You know what I mean? And, and it's highly influenced by the beliefs of people around you. 
Like you have to be super, super strong to not be influenced by your parents' beliefs and your friends' beliefs and your neighbors and your uncles and you know what I mean? And I just felt like the vibe there was generally like, bro, if you don't do what we tell you to do, you're not going to make it. Mm. And I mean, obviously I was still really young. I was 20 in the mix of a bunch of emotions. Yes, I was done with drugs. Yes, I was like kind of pivoting towards a better path, but I was still in the mix. Um, And I just felt like, honestly, it didn't even feel like like it was a relief. Like I just wanted to leave, you know? So I kind of hopped on the first opportunity that I could and I got out of there. Um, I mean, this is obviously all to make a long story short, like, you know, luckily I could come to America because I had um, a green card um, because my mom had come to America years prior. So, you know, obviously there was a lot of circumstances involved that allowed for it. Okay. Um, Okay. And I get this, you know, boom, I'm in America. I'm 20 years old. Um, The big lesson to be learned from what I'm about to tell (laughs) you is like, you could take you can take the person out of the place, but you know, out of the place that they're at, but you can't really change the, per- like running away doesn't change you. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. So I kind of ran away. I knew I had to leave. I knew that I belonged here at least for the time being. Um, but there was a lot of change and growth um, that I needed to go through so that I could uh, kind of, like actually change because I wanted to change. Right. Right. Um, right. So moving to America, I moved here, but I didn't, I hadn't changed. So ironically enough, I left Lebanon because I didn't want to get in trouble and get arrested there. And I moved to America. And the second month that I was here, I got arrested. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Oh, here no. in the States. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was um, to make another long story really short. It's just, I came here with the same mindset that I had, which is to do the only way I knew how to make money was right. fast, fast money. Like right. I never, I didn't pay attention in school. I yeah. was, I was always this kid who I wanted to be a skater. It didn't work out. Like the, you know, I was angry at the world. Everyone was like, no, nah, you can't do that. And did drugs, sold, dr- you know what I mean? Like that was kind yeah. of my life. Um, totally. And when I got arrested here in America, it was a huge, huge wake up call for me. Mm. Um, because I was like, damn, like how ironic, you know, you're fucking running away. Like you ran 5,000 miles away to escape that. And it still got you, which Mm. means like, you know, it's not, it's not where you are. It's not what you do. It's not who you hang out with. It's who you are that kind of will determine your circumstances, wherever the hell you are. Mm, Yeah. Um, So, you know, those were kind of the lessons that that I had to learn that I learned through getting, you know, coming here and getting in trouble. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Wow. So you got here, you got in trouble and then at that point. Got in trouble. And so (laughs) I had a, I had a really big, um, I don't know how you, like, I don't want to put this in like a corny, you know, like I'm not going to say an awakening, but I had like Make it corny, make it corny. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I had, it was a very, uh, it was a huge catalyst, like getting arrested for me was like i mean it's crazy right i i this is what i'm realizing now as i get older is every moment that was ever the worst moment of my life quote unquote in the moment are one those are some of the best things that have ever happened to me because they've kind of 
you know, with perspective now, years later, like those things literally made me who I am today. And I wouldn't be here if, if I didn't go through those things. So, mm. um, so yeah, so I got arrested and I was in County jail in Colorado. Um, it was a rough time mm. and I just had a very like one-on-one you just kind of have to face yourself in those situations. You know, it's like you either, either you lose your mind or you face yourself right? and everything you've been running away from. And I realized that I had been running away from so much, like all the drugs, all of it was just me escaping my pain. Wow. It, it's really all that it was, you know, the pain that I yeah. carried in my heart, right. I just couldn't face it. And I was just clawing and, and, punching the air trying to fucking escape it literally traveling across the world just to you know have the world sit me down with myself in a cell (laughs) right and have to look at myself and be like all right bro like something needs to change for real Mm. like not okay yeah you got off the drugs but you didn't change like something needs to change and so at that point I was barely I was still 20 I hadn't turned 21 um but I remember like the, you know, there was a lot of ups and downs in my time in jail. Like I didn't know if I was going to get out. I Like it was very uncertain and I feel right. like uncertainty is terrifying. Yeah. You and know. you were on the green card at that point still or. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so I, that... at, at that point, when I moved to America, I applied for my citizenship. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so I wasn't too scared of being sent back. You okay. know what I mean? Like I knew that I was fine. I was okay um but yeah Uh, yeah but you know it was there's just the uncertainty of like you're in jail and you don't know when you're gonna get out like because I didn't know anyone in the country my parents didn't live in the country and it's like you need you know what I mean like what the fuck are you gonna do yeah um but I remember in in there like my last day basically and I didn't know it was my last day I I thought I had an undetermined amount of time so Mm. I mean I don't want to get too complicated, but basically the way that it works in jail here is you see the judge after a certain amount of days that you spend in jail and they give you like your bail or your bond. And right. then someone has to pay that for you so that you could get out. The problem is I didn't really have anyone of my parents there to pay that for me. So I was right. just sitting, waiting for maybe one of my friends or someone that I had met in the last few months to like figure out that I was in jail. And how, oh, you know what shoot. I mean? Yeah, so it was it yeah. was a hard time for me um, in there, but I remember that it broke me down and mm. I hit kind of, that was kind of my rock bottom. Right. And in that moment, I, uh, I prayed, you know, um, mm. and I hadn't prayed in like the longest time. Like ye, I'm telling you, I had never really prayed. Like I had right. prayed in like church school when I was like eight you know what I mean <laughs> yeah but that was yeah. someone telling me what to say mm-hmm. like I had never actually on my ones like talk to God or whatever you want to call like a higher power or divine whatever you know what I mean I had never had that moment and that was it I was in in a jail cell all alone rock bottomed out and mm-hmm. I just prayed and I was like yo like if if you like, please help me get out. If you help me get out, I promise you that I will change my life. Like I'm done experimenting, fucking myself. Like I'm done with all that shit. Like I will build a good life for myself. I will try to be a good person. I promise you. And, um, you know, that I had that moment and I swear to you, like maybe an hour and a half later, 
they come, they pop my door and they're like, yo, someone paid your bail. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know, wow. not, not a lot of people know this uh, story, but that was kind of, I kept my promise, you know, like wow. I did, I really did. I was like, I made a promise and fuck, did it come true quick? You know, like, right. like what I asked for just within an hour, dude, happened. And I like, I felt it in my heart. You know, I was like, no matter what the consequences of this are, you're going to keep your promise. And I did, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, boom, boom, my life changed. No, right. I got out. I had to deal. Like I turned 21 on probation. I couldn't drink, which was good for me. I couldn't wow. do anything. I had to be clean on probation. Right. Um, And, you know, while everyone was 21 going to college, getting fucked up, I applied to a college. I was 21 too, but I, I had to focus. Right. Um, And I just tried a bunch of stuff in life to, um, you know, just put my energy, like find outlets, you know? Right. And that's when right. I started um, snow. So I used to be a skater. I started snowboarding. I live in Colorado. So there's a lot of snowboarding. Yeah. Started snowboarding. I started doing martial arts, um, um, like Muay Thai. I started making music. Okay. Um, just all kinds of stuff to try to get me find out of, something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> to find so you an just outlet. kind of like we're jumping into like different things. Different. Yeah, like I was just trying different shit. Just trying to be a yeah. normal kid, like not trying mm. to go to school. Trying to. I was trying to do right by everyone that didn't abandon like my parents didn't abandon me like when, right. when I got out of jail I had a very hard set of phone calls to make to my parents Aww. to be like yo I was in jail yeah like I'm fucked you know what I mean I need help um like I needed financial help from my parents mm. you know and they were there for me wow and it just reinforced the fact that like bro you're getting a real second chance and you made a promise like it was a it taught me integrity, it, which mm. is something that I didn't have. I really didn't. Okay. Like I, I had seen integrity in, in a certain adults in my life, but I didn't have integrity. I didn't have that quality of like, even if you make a promise in the dark, in a room all alone with no one to see you, you keep it, you know? And that was kind of like my lesson to just having integrity as a person. Right, 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 right. Um, wow. And so, yeah. So you have this second chance and you're trying all these things like calisthenics. Can you talk about okay. like yeah. how so, you found that and like what that was like for you? Absolutely. So, so I'm trying all these different things. Um, and I met my now girlfriend, Lucy, um, in Colorado and, okay. and we, we, you know, we started getting close and she, she rock climbs. So she took me rock climbing one day um, and I fell off the wall and I broke my ankle. Oh my yeah. gosh, no. Yeah, yeah. It was this was like 2015, so I got arrested in 2013. I spent okay. all of 2014 on probation. 2015, I was back to being a normal person. I was going to school. I had transferred from community college to a regular university. Like okay. things were going good. Um I meet this girl, we start dating, and she takes me rock climbing. I fall off the wall and I snap my ankle, like just straight snap that shit in half. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, um, yeah. And I was like, okay, I can't fight anymore. Oh. I can't snowboard anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you know, like I can't do all these things that are keeping me sane. Right. Um, I have to get surgery 
and I do, I get surgery. And here's, here's an interesting thing about the American medical system. Uh, I told them that I had an opiate problem. Like I went to rehab for opiate problem and they were like, yeah, but I mean, I get it. You know, you have to take these painkillers. Cool. But they just gave me so many painkillers oh, after my, my surgery God. that I kind of had like, um, it's weird when I broke my ankle and I couldn't move and I couldn't do anything. And I was just handed a whole bunch of drugs. Um, it was, it was a test. Like that's, mm. that's a really, that was another really pivotal moment for me, which is one of those, like, it was one of the worst things that ever happened to me. But I just remember like in that moment, maybe, I mean, I had to take, you know, uh, painkillers the first few days after the surgery, but they had given yeah. me like a month's worth of wow. painkillers. And wow. I just kind of had a moment where I was like, I could easily fall back into just drugs right now. Right. Like easily I have all these drugs in front of me right. I could just start you know what I mean like going that route it was mm -hmm. just right there um and I just remember that I remember the promise I made and I was like no like we're not fucking wow. we're not doing that you know and so that was a huge another huge pivotal moment for me because it's like you know you make the promise and then you get these challenges and every time you pass them it's like you're more cemented in that you know route of integrity and honesty and just really like being you know what I mean like being real like saying you're gonna do something and actually fucking doing it and the more you reinforce that even that neural pathway and that habit of just being right. that person the more you're just gonna build a life that goes in that direction so mm. did that just got rid of the pills didn't take them started taking CBD fucking wow. love CBD yeah um yeah like that shit helped me through like my whole recovery from my surgery Wow. as much, I mean, I would say even with a little bit of mental fortitude as much as an opiate would have. Wow. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm a big fan of CBD. Yeah. Um, so anyway, got through that, you know, I was kind of down and out. I was like, bro, I can't really skate snowboard. I can't really kick. I can't really fight. Um, but I'm going to go to the gym and try to get better. So I started going to the gym and that's where, I was like, you know, I lifting weights for a first couple months, like getting a little stronger, getting back on my foot, doing my rehab. And then I started doing pull-ups and I always found it like cool to, you know, mess around with like just pull-ups and, and push-ups and stuff. Um, and then one day, one of my best friends from childhood from Lebanon came to visit me in, in Colorado. Whoa. At that point I was like 24. Okay. Um, this is this is, yeah, this is like late 2016. I was just turning 24. Okay. Uh, or no, late 2015, my bad. And I was just turning 24 and my boy came over and he was, when we were kids, it we always had that friendship where if he does something, I try to do it. If I do something, he tries to do it. Okay. And he okay. showed me, um, he showed me a muscle up. <gasps> yeah. And, oh. uh, <laughs> and I remember, I just, yeah, I just, literally, like, I remember I saw it and I was like, yo, I have to try that. And I remember I tried it and I failed the first time. And it was kind of like, ugh. like, obviously it was a blow because, you know, he's my friend and we've always like been a little competitive <laughs> with each other. But I remember that it was one of the few things in my life where I was like, yo, like, I'm just going to keep trying this. I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep trying this. Like it felt so challenging that I didn't want to quit. I didn't want to, 
like a lot of other things I had done in my life, I had been like, oh no, like if I can't do it, I'll just like rationalize it. I'd be like, nah, it's not for me or it's not cool or whatever. Okay. Um, but that, I, it kind of stuck with me. And I was like, yo, like I really want to learn how to do this. Um, and so I kept trying. I, I remember every day I'd go to the gym, do the weights and stuff. And then I'd try to do a muscle up and I'd fail okay. over and over. Like I'd for months, I would just try and fail and try and fail. And I have like countless videos of me just, you know, trying, trying and, to get up there. <laughs> yeah. And not being able to do it. Um, but for some reason, I just felt compelled to keep trying. And uh, one day I figured it out. I just freaking just did it and I got up there and that was like the nail. That was like, all right, I fucking love this so much. Um, and I'm just going to do more of this. You know, wow. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea we'd get where we are today, Wow. but yeah, I just chased the feeling, you know, and mm. I mean, thinking about it now, like, um, it was, it was really, it wasn't like the muscle up was like a metaphor, right? It was like, I had never gone through the process of tr like trying something and failing and then trying again and failing and trying again and failing and trying again and failing right. and then getting it and, you know, and doing it and succeeding. And, and I feel like once you go through that, like once you go through that process yourself as a person, it changes, it alters your whole life. It doesn't mm -hmm. just make you better at fitness. Like it makes you better at life because you realize that, all right, if I could do this thing that I couldn't do, that has seemed impossible, that I have failed literally every day and I just kept trying and then you do it. You're like, if I could do that, I could do anything if I just follow that process. Wow. wow. And yeah, that I feel like experiencing that whole process um that was it it hooked me to calisthenics but it also changed me kind of forever because it wow. made me realize that I'm like it made me realize the power that I have inside me that I believe Ooh. every single person has inside of them mm -hmm. you know every single person has the power to set a goal break it down into steps get up do the work try fail try fail try fail repeat that step as many times as necessary and then eventually succeed Right. And it's incredibly powerful, you know, yeah, totally. It's so powerful. It's so cool to hear that because now when I see you now, it's like, I would have no idea that like, it just started with you trying to get a muscle up, you know, yeah. like everything you do is so effortless and smooth now. Like you don't see yeah. all the hours and all the tries and all the, yeah, fails to, yeah. <laughs> to get to, to get you to where you got, um, yeah. or where you are now. Did you like have that conscious like realization at the time that you were like failing and like choosing to continue trying or was that something you realized like later? It was hard in the moment. That's a good question. You know, in the moment it, it like it had, you know, I had my fair share of discouraged, like, you know, like yeah. discouraged nights just coming back from the gym, like having failed, not feeling any closer. Mm. Um, Excuse me, but I think it's, it's like, it was a combination of being committed to not like escaping just in a whole like life type of sense. Like I didn't want to escape. I didn't want to be, I didn't want it to be just another time in my life where I was like, 
oh, I can't do it. So oh, I must not be cool or it must not mm. be for me. Like, I didn't want to do that. Right. And so I just kept trying like and I didn't have too many expectations. It wasn't like every day I'd go in. And I'm like, today's the day. No, right. I was just just going through the motions, doing it. Um, Obviously, like it had its ups and downs. I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing. No, I was just fucking just trying and, you know. Yeah. But then when it happened, it was like a whole new world opened up to me because I was like, bro, if you could do this, like think about all the other stuff you could do. And then I started like actually trying other stuff. Like I tried, you know, handstands and L-sits and front mm. levers and back levers. And that's when I started really following people on Instagram um, and like seeing the actual level of people in the world and not being like, oh, these are just crazy people you see online. I was like, okay, maybe I could try to learn this. Maybe I could, try. you know what I mean? Like I went from maybe being- Maybe I could be one of those crazy people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It went from being like this thing that was outside of my reality to this thing that could be real for me. Wow. Um, and I think that's incredibly powerful because it goes back to what you know we mentioned earlier, which is your reality is determined by your beliefs. If you think that something's impossible for you, it's impossible for you. If you think that it's possible for you, like genuinely, you believe like, yo, like I could probably do this. No expectations in terms of, oh, like, like in this amount of time or that amount of time, just this is something that is possible for me. If you genuinely feel that and you enjoy the thing, you enjoy, that was another huge thing is I fucking enjoyed the process. Like mm -hmm. I enjoy training calisthenics. I think right. it's, it's fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's easy to do consistently because it's so fun. Right, you don't. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to have anyone on your ass like, yo, get up, do this. Like, it didn't feel like school or schoolwork mm. or anything. It just was what I wanted to do. Like, I'd go to sleep. I'd be thinking about it before I sleep. And I'd be excited to wake up so that I could try it. Love it. And I feel like, yeah, when you when you find that feeling with anything, any practice, mm. whether it's a physical practice, uh, uh, whatever it is that you do, if you have that feeling, then there's no need for motivation. You know, like, mm. like I enjoy, you know, I do a lot of motivational stuff on my social media. Right. Um, but the truth is for me, like, I don't wake up every day and I'm like, all right, let me get motivated. Right. I wake up every day and there's one thing that I really want to do, which is have fun. Yeah. That's and literally your, fun is your training. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. And that's been the whole thing. And that goes back mm. to me as a kid and all the struggles I went through. Mm. That's always been my message. You know, as I grow older now, literally every day, I find my true message more. It just fleshes itself out more. And it's always mm. been like, bro, you can make your life fun. You know mm. what I mean? Like you can have fun in your life. You can you can be successful. I feel like success and fun are not separate things. They can be one thing. You could be successful and have fun. Mm. And I feel like being successful and having fun having fun means your life is full of joy. If, if your life is full of joy, then you're going to carry yourself in a certain way. You're going to, you're going to operate in a certain way. You're going to give off a certain energy to people. And my whole thing is joy. I just want people to be happy. And, and I just want people to know maybe just by looking at me, not saying that I'm quite there yet, you know, mm -hmm. with where I would like to go with my life, but that it's possible to do something you love and be successful. It's possible and because it was hammered in my head when I was younger that it's like, no, all these things that make you successful are not, they weren't the things that I loved. And I was right. always told that the things that I loved wouldn't make me successful. 
And I think I've always felt called to show other individuals, girls and boys of all ages, interestingly enough, um, that like, no, dude, you could do shit you love and be successful. That's not, no, like, right. you know what I mean? If I could wow. do it and tons of other people do it, why the fuck can't you do it? Right, um, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and that's on abundance. <laughs> like, facts. if I could do it, like, why can't you? <laughs> exactly, facts, dude. I was like, never, ever, like, I'm not anything special. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's special. Right. you know what I mean it's it's funny like the way that I look at the world every single being is special and every single being is not special you know what I mean like we're all special and not special there's no one necessarily more special than the other it's just everyone has things they're special at mm. um, you know. Come on. <laughs> I love it I love it yeah Totally. And yeah. I, I, I like the idea of joy too, because I think that's something about you that at least I've noticed whenever you're training at the beach and I've, you know, had the honor uh, to watch that. Come like, on. You are very, come on. No, for real though. It's like, you are very magnetic and you do give off a vibe that it's like, you're really loving like exactly what you're doing and you give that to people, you know? So yeah. um, it's cool to, to come across people that are like willing to like take the risk and like go for that joy because then yeah. it in influences everybody around you too oh yeah hell yeah i mean what's what's the point you know what i mean like like joy is one of the you know i mean joy is one of the few things on earth that is doubled when it's shared you know what i mean yeah like you, you think about it right like if you have i don't know like i don't know if if, if i have like a drink for example if i share it with you i'm gonna have half and you're gonna have half right. but if i share joy with you it's gonna double you get yes. what i'm saying <laughs> i and so love it's like, that yeah why the fuck not you know what i mean why not why not spread that and i i mean you know everyone has certain feelings or or, or energies or vibes or whatever that they're drawn to Right. Um, and for me, since I was a little boy, it's always been joy. And I feel like it's because I've had a lot mm -hmm. of sad times. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had many times in my life where I was just sad, like fucking straight sad. Um, and I feel like I've wasted a lot of time being sad. Like, like it's it's a waste of, you know, in my opinion, right? I don't mean to offend anyone. Um, it's just purely, you know, me speaking freely. Having been a sad boy, depressed, drugs, all of that, like, it's a waste of fucking time. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know, you're, you don't know how much time you have, right? And I truly believe, and I know that to certain people, this might be a sensitive subject and it, you know what I mean? Like, but I'm going to speak freely. I believe that your mood and your energy is your choice. It is. I, I believe that because... I've had to make the choice myself and mm. um, it's kind of like, you know, it's like how to explain this. You're not born knowing that you, you when you're born, you don't know that being happy or being sad is a choice. You just think mm. that today I'm happy. Oh, things happen. Now I'm sad. Right. Um, you don't, it's something that you acquire and some people will never fuck maybe learn that in their lives um, right. if they don't care about maybe, um, consciousness or self-improvement or awareness or any of these things, a lot of people might never come to realize that your mood 
is very much in your own hands mm -hmm. because your mood, if you really understand what a mood is, you understand where it comes from and what it creates and mm -hmm. the power of your mood. Um, that's when you really realize that you need to take your mood into your own hands if you want to be a successful person. And mm -hmm. I'm going to try to break this down to not, I don't want to make, you know what I mean? Get into too much, but a mood, if you break it down to its most basic, it comes from attention. It comes from attention to thoughts. So your mind thinks thoughts at all times, whether you're awake or you're asleep, your mind is thinking thoughts. That's what it does. Your mind is your tool. It is right. the tool of, of you, you know what I mean? Um, to navigate this life, the thing that you are and, and really control is attention. So you have the power to pay attention to your mind and your thoughts or not. And let's say you have negative thoughts, right? Let's say you're sitting here, I'm sitting here thinking, man, I'm really not good enough at this calisthenic stuff. Like, uh, I don't think, you know what I mean? And I'm having these negative thoughts and now I'm paying attention to them and I'm entertaining them, right? So you're paying attention to thoughts, you're entertaining them. Your thought starts turning into a train of thought. Now that train of thought, if it's entertained enough, you're, you don't know the difference between what you're thinking and reality. There's like scientific data behind that. Right. Totally. And so, and, and obviously there's, there's you as a human, you know, that like when you're right. fucking really visualizing something, like you don't know where you are anymore. You're in your visualization. And what happens is you start to have emotions from the thoughts. Mm. And so let's say I'm sitting here thinking, Nikki's not good enough. Nikki's eh, Nikki's this, Nikki's that. And all of a sudden I start to feel sad. And my, my attention to my thoughts creates an emotion of sadness, which literally releases chemicals in, in your brain, like stress, sadness, joy, happiness, dopamine, endorphins, like all those things are the chemical reactions to emotions. Right. You get what I'm saying? And so once you realize that, okay, so I'm consciously or unconsciously paying attention to a thought, getting an emotion from it, and that emotion is becoming a mood. Now I'm a mm. sad person. Like I think sad thoughts, feel sadness. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm sad. And then I'm I'm literally making decisions from a place of sadness that, mm. you know, or a place of lack or whatever you want to call it that are right. literally like they are creating your reality over a long span of time. If you make decisions from that place, you're going to shape a reality that is that frequency. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so, you know, I had the the blessing of having uh, a pretty interesting psychedelic experience at some point in my life okay. um, where I was kind of made aware of that. Whoa. Like I just experienced it. I was just I was in, in, in a certain place and I was having these thoughts and in parallel to, to having that psychedelic experience, I was reading more mm. about like the mind and psychology and stuff like that and okay. a lot of eastern psychology too sure. and just trying to understand the process of the mind and then i had that psychedelic experience where i like literally experienced it i was like sitting there and then all of a sudden i was like whoa like look at nikki just having these thoughts and being all sad and then i was <laughs> like wait if i can if i can see nikki like going through this then who am i oh okay i'm i'm the one watching and then you know what i mean like i was instantly kind of removed from the process and i like observed the process from the outside and instantly i felt like my thoughts 
had less of an impact on me. I, I realized wow. that like I'm I'm deciding to pay attention to these trains of thought, like these willy-nilly trains of thought in my head, and right. I'm cultivating them and I'm creating my my emotions and my mood and from them. And so just having that whole realization made me realize that like you choose what you want to pay attention mm. to. You right. choose what what thoughts you want to entertain, what person you want to be, what kind of vibe you want to carry around. And that, you know, I mean, with great power, that gave me a lot of power. With great power comes great responsibility because now you're no longer a passenger. You're a driver. Now, do you know what I mean? Now you decide if you're going to be sad or you're going to be happy. Right. Um, and, it, you know, it is a lot of responsibility. But I mean, damn, isn't it powerful to just be like, yo, like, I'm a happy fucking person. Like there's yeah. nothing changing that. You know what I mean? Like right. shit happens. Like right. shit's happened in my life. I've, you know, I've lost grandparents. I've uh, lost a, uh, my dog, you know, that I had for t like shit has happened. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you grieve, you, you, you feel it. But I mean, I'm still a fucking happy person. Like that, that what I can control at least is I'm a happy person. Joy. Right. Joy is my shit. I fuck with joy. Like it's the feeling love that it. I love the most. I love to feel it and I love to spread it. Um, and so that's, you know, that's a big thing that I try to be like an embodiment of, of that energy. If, it, it, you know, if it's in my hands, then why not? Right, 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 right. Well, totally. I don't know yeah. how we got here, but we're here. <laughs> I don't know, but I love it. And I think like it has a lot to do too with like going back to who you surround yourself with too. Cause I, I, it sounds like growing up, like that wasn't really modeled for you, like a life that is possible filled with joy. But it sounds like maybe, I don't know, coming out here and then finding calisthenics. And then, I mean, you moved out to LA, like, did you move out to LA because of calisthenics or what made you make the move? It was, it was half, half. Like I never thought that I would be doing what I'm doing for real like this. Okay. Um, so just to answer one thing that you had actually touched on is yeah. I always knew that this was possible to live a life like this, excuse me, because I had come to the United States as a kid. Like my okay. mom had brought me here on vacation and she had okay. brought me to Los Angeles. Uh -huh. And I just remember in my lizard brain, like my little kid brain, totally. that I just remember have, I was exposed to something in America that I wasn't exposed to in my, in my country, which was adults that seemed to like, not be like not fit the mold but that seemed mm. to be successful like adults that weren't like suited and booted nine to five like working you know or doctors or whatever like people right. who looked like you know like just grown men that were like 40 that were like I don't know like I mean I was a kid you know so I had all these action figures so to see like yeah. a 40 year old like jacked guy who was just at the beach like happy living yeah. his life and seemed to be successful I just remember that that vibe, like that energy imprinted on me. Mm. And I always held to the fact that like, bro, you could be successful and just be whatever the fuck you want. You don't have to be suited up and like nine right. to fiving that shit. Right, um, right, so, right. so that's kind of what always, it, it was always in my head. Like this is possible. And I've, dude, I, I, you know, I've, I don't know. Like I've always believed that if, if I could do it, you could do it. If he could do right. it, I could do it. You know what I mean? If it's possible, I could do it. Yeah. Um, and so that's, um, that's, you know, that was always kind of my thing. And yeah, I moved to California partially because I started to realize like, okay, there's a lot of people who do calisthenics there. 
I love Los Angeles. I always loved it. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It has its fair share of shit um, going on. Um, (laughs) But for my purposes, the weather's awesome. There's amongst a lot of people, there are some great, great people here. Um, You can't beat, you can't beat the beach and the mountain and the desert and the national forests and everything within like a couple (laughs) hours of each other. Like you can't beat that. Totally. You know, in my, in my opinion, obviously, if, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, the weather was great. I had just graduated school. I was into calisthenics. My cousin was starting a business here and I, and he, he, he was like, yo, come out, work with me. Um, okay. you know, I'll hook you up with a job, blah, blah, blah. So I came out on a whim. I kind of just packed my car in Colorado and I drove out here. Wow. Yeah. Um, my cousin's business ended up like not really working out. But at that point, like I, I spent two, three months at my cousin's trying to do his his business thing. And on the weekends, I'd go to the beach, train with people, started meeting people, right. meeting people I looked up to, like tatted strength and like all these dudes that were like my idols almost on, wow. you know, like in my in my right. first year of calisthenics. Um, and so by the time my cousin's thing didn't really work out, I was deep in it. Like I had made friends and, and you know having told you like most of my life story a lot of things that I did in my life before calisthenics felt like I was rowing against the stream like trying to be a skater in Lebanon it just felt like I was rowing upstream and it wasn't working out for me and the doors were closed um the whole drugs shit like don't get me wrong it was terrible for me but I was still trying to be a successful drug dealer you know what I mean right and everything that I tried to do to succeed in that was just doors were shut mm. for me you know i i just uh, just a, a feeling of resistance everything mm. i was doing and calisthenics like even trying to work with my cousin she spent three months trying to do it and it was just resistant like it just didn't work out right and but this calisthenic shit everything i did the doors were just open like it was wow. just like yeah like just do that you know what i mean like i'd do it wow. and it'd work and then i'd do wow. something else and it, it would work and like don't get me wrong like i was still training and failing and trying yeah. to learn the skills but in terms of like, yo, like I looked, you know what I mean? Like I look up to this person so much on social media, boom, all of a sudden I see them at the beach, boom. All of a sudden, like we're actually having a conversation, boom. All of a sudden we're training together and we're like friends. And I was like, whoa, like this is kind of, you know, life. Like I like, I'm a person who listens to, 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 to the signs, you know, at yeah. that point in my life, I was like, I know that the world's talking to me. So I'm, I'm listening, you know, I'm, li- I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the signs were pointing towards like, yo, just go with it, bro. Just wow. go with this calisthenic shit. So I kept going with it. Um, you know, doing what I needed to do. I worked at a, a you know, one of the friends in the community, Mazin, he used to be pretty big in the community. Um, he had a gym in Compton. So I started working with him at the gym, um, found a few clients, started training some people, started competing, um, got better and better. Um, and all of a sudden, like I just started competing, you know, like I just got better, the social media started growing, but I still wasn't into, um, like making content and stuff. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I was just competing and doing my thing. Um, and yeah, I spent like a good, like I dude, I did not know that I would be doing content like I had wow. no idea I would do that. I had no idea I would be, comp- you know, when I started calisthenics, it was just literally, I want to get a muscle up. Right. Um, <laughs> That's and, so crazy. <laughs> yeah. It just, it, it snowballed, you know, all of a sudden I was here. Um, I started competing. 
started meeting more people, organizations, you know, like mm. I got, you know, met the WCO. Wow. Um, and then all of a sudden, I mean, competitively speaking, I would say my first big win was Venice. I won the Venice Beach, um, the Venice Beach, like bar jam. And that's huge. Um, yeah. Really. That's like huge. Yeah, yeah it was, <laughs> it was pretty, fun. it was. For, for the timeline, I'm curious, like how long had you been doing calisthenics at that point? So I started in 2016. I was okay. turning 24 when I started, like around, yeah, like fall 2016. Okay. Um, moved to Cali late spring 2017. Okay. Started competing, started training, meeting people, competing, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I didn't like win every competition I was in. Actually, yeah. my first competition ever in 2017 was the Muscle Beach uh, Bar Jam and I lost. Okay. I was in the beginner's category and I just lost my first battle, but yeah. I didn't have any expectations. So I just kept going, right. um, kept competing, training, getting better. Um, mm. And then all of a sudden it was 2018 and I was like, okay, I'm going to join the Venice Beach comp again. And this time I, I joined in the pro category Cause I was like, no, everyone was like, no, you're good enough. You're good enough. Wow. Um, and I ended up winning the whole thing. Yeah. Crazy. It was, it was like my first kind of big moment competitively. Trophies right there. Oh uh, yeah. Look <laughs> how fun. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was just great to win in Venice. Cause it was like where I trained every day and it was kind of the pit, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was cool. Cause everyone there was rooting for me. They knew Aww. me. Like people, people came from all over the country to compete in that. Um, and just everyone was rooting for me because they saw all the hard Aww. work I had put in in that pit over months and months just practicing. Um, and then after that, like I would say 2018 to the end of 2019 was like the peak of me competing. I feel like I competed maybe 10 times in two years, 10 to. Wow. Yeah. 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 Approximately 10 times in those two years won a lot of stuff, like started to compete internationally. I competed in the Netherlands. Um, I competed oh. in Mexico. Um, I organized a comp in Ecuador. And that's when I really got into the competitive side of calisthenics and started growing my page. Just my page was just growing naturally as I became more of an, a, a better athlete and, and right. started getting my name out there. Um, and then I would say like, well, I mean, my biggest moment would be Battle of the Bars Dubai 2019 December that's like the biggest battle of the bars in the world right. um and I was in the tournament and I yeah I had to you know a tournament style is like you battle you know first round and then you go to quarterfinals and then you go to the semifinals and I made it to the finals oh. um yeah made it to the finals um I didn't take first place I got second place at that competition but that was definitely like my highest kind of you know that's kind of like the world the world championship of calisthenics right. right um so like that whole event um so getting second place in the tournament of that event was like a big one for me it kind of solidified me as like okay like I'm a pro athlete in this sport wow. um and then uh and then COVID hit oh god <laughs> freaking that, COVID <laughs> yeah that changed a few things but you let me know where how do you want me to go with this 
Yeah, no, I mean, this is all like so amazing and like so cool to to hear. Um, and also I, I'm like, oh, I, I feel like we could talk for like hours and hours I and know, hours. Your story is so cool. But I do want to hear like, yeah, so what happened through COVID? And then I know you had mm-hmm. your bicep. Yeah, thing so so COVID happened. spent like half the year in the house, you know, same as the whole world. Right. Um, Still uh, hitting the planches and handstands. And- yeah, I definitely, <laughs> dude, I got like so much better during that period like that's Mm. when i wasn't freestyling too much because the beach was shut down for a couple months but um like i just got that was my strongest kind of like i just peaked with my strength and i really took my level um to another place during that time yeah Uh, and it allowed me to start reaching more people on social media but Mm. it was it was different than how i do it today you know it was still kind of like just a pure athlete page it was like oh look at me look how good I am look what I did look at what I just did Um, and just other people who would really like fans of the sport would follow me um, to get inspired or or, you know what I mean just to see what I was doing where the level was at that was more of the vibe I was on content wise Um, and then I'm gonna say I just kept getting better throughout 2020 like I really pushed my level throughout 2020 Mm. at that point I was like 20 seven i think or 28 okay um and then um at the end of 2020 january 2020 like december 2020 january 2021 um we planned a trip me and a few friends of mine so you know we probably know tony gaste from mexico Mm -hmm. my friend maori from ecuador and i and we all linked up in ecuador um and we we did like a we trained at his gym we did a few workshops and then we did a road trip around the country well so cool a few cities Oh my and gosh, that's uh, awesome. yeah, it was great. It was fantastic times up until I tore my bicep. Ugh. Yeah, I was like at the peak, I would say at the peak of my athletic career, Um, you know, competing in a foreign or, or just road tripping in a foreign country with all my friends. And yeah, right. I mean, you can see the scar right here. Yeah, look at that um, scar. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ugh. And uh, I ended up getting injured. Totally my fault. I like mm. wasn't taking good care of myself. Just, you know, traveling with friends, road trips, like barely getting five hours of sleep every night, not eating well, not warming up too much because you're just like training on a, you know, on a whim here and there. Um, And yeah, I ended up getting injured. And it was another like really pivotal moment for me because at that point I was like, excuse me, like 28, 29. And, you know, from what I had seen, this is a pretty common injury in our sports and gymnastics and a few other sports that use a lot of like straight arm leverage that like compromises your bicep um but it was a pivotal moment for me because I had never seen anyone really come back from that injury Uh. like you know what I mean I was like "Mm, is this it for me Uh. am I you know what I mean like am I done with calisthenics what the fuck's going on Uh. um and I don't know I just feel like I had a, a moment of weakness and then I was like, you know what? No, like, no, this is not it for me. Like, mm. I'm, I'm going to get through this and I'm going to actually get better because I feel like not only for me, but for everyone else who will ever go through this injury, they'll be able to look back at me and be like, yo, if he did it, then we could do it. So then I had kind of my why. Wow. I was like, all right, now I'm going to go hard on like healing from this and recovering from this so that I could share the process with whoever comes after me so that they realize that, you know, this this is doable. Wow. Um, so that's what I did. I spent 2021 um, just recovering. 
literally like arm in a cast. Um, yes. Post-surgery, just getting better and recovering. You know what I mean? Like working. And that's when I really got into a bit more into the content side of things. I started my YouTube channel, um, started just filming friends, you know, like I'd go to the beach, film my friends. Um, and I was just, you know what I mean? Like I had already been through a lot. Like I, I, I like to say, you know, I lived a whole last life before calisthenics, Straight like between, up. you know, like drugs, <laughs> jail, fucking sh- different sports injuries, like all types right. of shit that right. when I got into the sport, it was like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I busted my bicep and shit, but like, that's not going to fucking change anything. Like I'm here, I've gotten this far, you right. know? So I was just all in on calisthenics. And I still kept, you know, I managed to keep some clients like, you know, people wow. like the people I worked with liked me because I genuinely wished we wanted the best for them. And I genuinely, genuinely gave them results. Right. One of which is our common friend, I think, who introduced us was Joey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me and oh. Joey worked together for like for a couple years. Like I really coached him wow. through his calisthenics journey to now you see him. He's a freaking beast. Yeah, totally. Um, but he he stuck with me through my my recovery Um, So it was great because I managed to keep my income um, from the coaching while I was recovering and all my free time that I would spend um, working out, I was like filming and editing. Um, And so it really got me into the content side of things, uh, which is like, wow, like this is really powerful because, you know, being able to move your body and do certain skills is one thing, but being able to deliver the message you know what I mean? Like show people, really reach people that I can't physically see and all that. It's super powerful. And I feel like that re- really just made me love creating content mm. because of the impact that it has on people, because of the power that it has to impact people. You know what right. I mean? Like, like I'd never be able to reach kids all over the world physically. Like I'm not going to go to every country, every park and find every kid. But if I make good enough videos and they have a good message, then I am able to have a voice that reaches people everywhere. Mm. And I can, you know what I mean? Like, like share my two cents with them, whatever my two cents may be. Um, So that kind of turned me on to, uh, okay, it's not really like it, it changed me from um, being a Cause I couldn't do anything. So the whole look at me side of creating content was gone. It wasn't like, Oh, look what I could do. Oh, look at this. It right. became, what am I actually like saying to the person watching? So it didn't became, mm-hmm. it didn't become any more like me centric. It became audience centric. It right. became like, okay, there's actual kids watching my videos. What am I actually saying to them? Because wow. look at me will only get you so far. Like, okay, cool. Look at me. But like, what do you really want to say to these kids? And then I started, that's when I got into more like motivation, you know, like mm. not and like people call it motivation, but it's more so just making people feel like they have power, you know, not like I have power because mm. I can do these things. Like, no, like you have power because I can do these things means you can do these things. So that's mm. kind of how the, you know, the content pivoted, As I was recovering from my injury and then it coincided with, it all coincided with me coming back from the injury and I was able to use like even that whole year of me coming back as the message, you know? So I started to incorporate that into my videos of like, bro, I came back and, and, and I'm not that special. Like I'm not more special than you. 
And so I, I kind of used that as my stepping stone. And then I just started getting more creative with it. I feel like, you know, making all these little short form Instagram videos to motivate people doing before and afters, like putting little quotes that resonated with me right. on the videos. And all of a sudden my, my pages just started growing all, you know, like Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, everything I was doing was just growing as soon as it became about what I was giving the person watching. Like that's what changed the game for me was mm. the value um, whether it was knowledge, like whether I was actually teaching people how to planch and stuff, or if it was just a feeling, because right. that's, you know, like at, at its most basic, that's the reason why people go on social media is because they yeah. want to feel something, right? you know, like they're, they're probably sitting in their car bored, sitting at mm. work, sitting in class, um, fucking just trying to kill boredom by feeling things, you know, scrolling to you know, feel a little bit of dopamine or even, you know, some people like drama, like they fucking be in the comment sections. Like right. but at the end of the day, they all trying to like feel something. Mm. Um, so once I realized that as a creator, my power is what, what feeling am I giving you? Wow. Um, my, that's when social media started growing for me. And that's when I started to realize like, Oh, like sweet, like, this is this is kind of this is where I want my career to go because I'm not going to be a competitive athlete forever I'm not honestly I'll be real with you like I'm not that competitively driven I'm not mm. like like I, I like to fuck around and play games um but even when I win it's not like that you know it's not that orgasmic feeling for me to to win like right. I get such a better feeling from um create creativity like I'm create creatively driven i don't know like like when i see a shot and i'm like yo like this is the vision and this is the video mm. i want like that shit juices me up you know so yeah. i ran with that i just i started to use my calisthenics and my practice and my love for this sport no longer as like the main attraction but more so as an instrument with coupled with you know the, the camera and the editing and all that became an instrument to reach people and to wow. deliver like a message to people right you know yeah. so so that's been my life for the last year like 2022 Oof. to to today i've just been just just chasing that chasing a way to to build you know build up my voice using my instruments which are my body and my creativity um combining them together growing an audience so that my voice could reach more people just so I could tell them like, yo, you could do what you love. You can have fun. You could do it. If I could do it. You know what I mean? Like that's the message. Wow. Wow. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I like, <laughs> I already knew that I liked you and now I think I love you. I'm just like, you're amazing. You. <laughs> yeah. I love oh you my too. Gosh. Thank you. Yeah. Your journey is like super incredible. And like to, to like kind of wrap it, it sounds like you had to find yourself and figure out what your message is and then everything else just kind of went Flowed. from there and now you yeah. have yeah it's cool to hear like your process behind like you're not just doing this for yourself anymore like this is for everybody oh, yeah. who is going to do this after you <laughs> and who's doing oh, yeah. it with you yeah I really feel like as I as I grow up and I come come you know like kind of around to, to finding myself is like it like dude did nothing you know what I mean like service to others is the highest calling you know like like if it was just for you 
You know what I mean? Like you, you have everything in the world. If you're alone, there's, you know, what's the fucking point? Right. right. And then like, like even, you know, even if I, I made it and I could take care of the people around me, like it, that's a great feeling, but it, it still has a certain exclusivity to it. Like an exclusionary kind of, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's like me and mine, me and mine. Right. But it's like, if you just strip all that shit away, it's like you, whoever is watching, you have power inside of you. You don't need, you know what I mean? Like you don't need to, to rely on anyone else. You are supremely powerful in your own way. And I feel like the ultimate feeling is being able to, if anything, nudge someone in the direction of them realizing that for themselves. Mm. It's like, because I was nudged in that direction, whether it was through a book or certain people that I watched a video or people in my life, whatever the fuck it was, I'm eternally grateful to the forces that nudged me in the direction of the power is in, in these two hands. The power is, is, mm. is here. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I am driving, I'm not being driven. Um, yes, it's a road. It's a journey. I have instruments. There's the all that is, you know, that I'm working with other forces. It's interactive. Right. But I'm not like shit's not happening to me. You know right. what I mean? Like, like it's, it's an interaction. Yeah. Um, and I feel like being able to kind of impart that or just help someone get to the point where they realize that for themselves, because that's the only thing that matters. Right. Um, that's the ultimate calling and, and mm. to serve others, you know, to become the best person you can be and just offer it to the world as like, watch, like, you know what I mean? Like your turn, you know? Oh, um, yes. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, wow. that's the best way I can interpret it and, and put a spin on it too, because all this social media shit, like, you know, it gets vain. Like it gets, you know, like I don't love fucking putting myself out there every single day. Like, you know, I get it. Like, you know, I get how it could come. It comes across like that to me sometimes. I'm like, man, mm. you know what I mean? But the truth is like, it's affecting people. You know, I get DMs yeah. every single day. Like, yeah. Uh. And I just want to say like, from the outside, as somebody who looks at your stuff all the time, like I don't see you as vain at all. I really do see you as somebody with a message, you know? And that that's like it. part of the reason I wanted to talk to you is because like, it's possible to like put yourself out there every day. And when you have a message, it doesn't look fake. I don't know. I, I don't know yeah, if that yeah. makes sense, but it's no, not, I, yeah. you're not fake. You're very real. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I try to be, it's not always easy. It's mm -hmm. the internet's a fucking crazy place. You know, like yeah. no matter what you do, someone always has something to say. Um, hey, just going hey, but, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the fucking point, right? Like some people, you know, it's tickling some people in some places they don't want to be tickled. And like right. it is what it is. Right. Um, and I don't have all the fucking answers. And a lot of times I'll be thinking one thing, and then literally, like the world will show me that, like, dude, <laughs> oop, there's oop. so many ways to like look at things, and you know, but what I do know for a fact is that it's reaching people like it, it's reaching certain people that really need it right and that trumps everything else you know what I mean like that just 
is so much more valuable. Yeah. Um, it's just, it just makes it worth it. It makes everything else not fucking really matter that much. Right. Um, right. Because, you know, at the core of it, when I was a young kid and I was 16 and 17 and 18 and I was hurt and I was lost and I was fucked up. Like maybe all I really needed was like a bigger brother to just be like, yo bro, like, you know what I mean? There's another way, like you could do right. it. Like, it's not all bad. But like all these things that I've been, you know, saying or that I try to kind of embody a lot of it comes from, I'm just trying to be the person there for certain people that need that person. Mm. and some and and people really you know there are like i get confirmation every day in my dms you know young guys even like ladies like Mm. a lot of people will hit me up and they'll be like bro thanks for sharing your story like i needed that um and that like as soon as you hear that you're like wow fuck there's a thousand haters in my comments and a bunch of motherfuckers thinking this that and the third like the truth is that's what fucking matters um so yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's like be the person you needed when you were younger. That's that quote. Exactly. I don't know who said it, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Nikki, I'm going to start calling you Nikki the wise. I feel like you have so much wisdom <laughs> in you. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. I appreciate up. it. I appreciate yeah. you, Natalie. When are you coming yeah. back to see us? Oh gosh. I don't know. Soon. I keep saying, uh, I don't know. Maybe by the end of whoops. Oh my gosh. My light just fell. Maybe by the end of yeah. this year. I don't know, but I got, I'll get okay. back out there soon. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But, um, but yeah, I miss you all. And I, the energy and like, you know, the company that's around you, it really does make such a huge difference, but uh-huh. um, yeah, I'm so grateful that like you came on and that I got to hear more about you and um, your process you know your thinking process your life process I appreciate it thanks thanks for giving me the platform yes of course and so to wrap this up um you dropped so many amazing gems and I just want to make sure is there anything else that you want people to know about is there anything that you have coming up like any um yeah um okay um so let me see all right, I'm gonna do the the corny stuff first. So it's Nikki makes right. on all platforms. Um, I'm sure that'll probably be written somewhere. Yes, I got you. Um, I am coming up with uh, a series of eBooks to teach people calisthenics, um, because it's got getting a little bit tough to personally teach every single person. So what right. I've done is I've taken all my knowledge, put it in a series of eBooks, like mm. how to handstand, how to muscle up, how to planche, blah blah blah. Um, and I've really put every single answer to every single question out there that I have come across in those books. And I'm trying to make them as affordable as possible. Like the price of what you would pay to go out to lunch here in LA, like everything probably be under 20 bucks, um, just so we can make this knowledge as accessible to everyone. And Mm. at the same time, like I could keep doing this and sustain myself, um, financially. Um, so that's really what I got, you know, coming up that I'm really excited about. Aside from that, um, on some real shit, like you have a lot of power, whoever you are watching, um, it it all comes from, it's a process, you know, the same way you do when you're working out, like you got to have your goals, you got to break them down into steps. You got to actually do the work and you have to be willing to go through the failures to eventually reach the success. That is the recipe. It's not a secret. It's not rocket science. It's just a matter of actually having the attention span 
and the drive to get through it. Um, but the truth is, if you have a solid why and a solid reason why you're doing it, it doesn't take much. You just got to fucking do the work. Um, I mean, obviously, the bigger the goal, the more you're going to have to work, the more you're going to have to fail. But you got to realize that every time you reach an obstacle and you keep pushing through it, there's a ton of people that are reaching that obstacle that aren't, you know, mm -hmm. so the circles get smaller as you get closer to your goal. Um, so just, I mean, if you could take anything from me, it's just don't ever fucking give up on yourself. You know, you can pivot, but don't give up on yourself and, uh, you know, put your hands on the steering wheel. Don't let anyone drive you around. Ooh, and that's unreal. Mike drop. <laughs> Thank you. Love it. Love it. Love it. Wow. Well, yeah. Thanks Nat. Yeah. Thank you awesome. so much. Yeah. Uh -huh. I appreciate you. Thanks for having this. me on. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, anyone listening hey. to this, if you're on YouTube, subscribe, Spotify, whatever, follow, whatever those are, do it. Do it. <laughs> Yay. All right. Cool. Appreciate cool. you. Yes, I appreciate you. And thank you, everybody who tuned in. Um, I appreciate it and hope you got a lot of gems from Nikki because I know I did. <laughs> All right. Yay. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>